0: you want to know what all the cool kids are talking about? Fine. I'll tell you what's going to be in, in 2024 and what's going to be out in 2024. It's what all the cool kids are talking about. Actually, it's what all the cool kids were talking about a few weeks ago. Okay. I'm a little late and I always am. That's just who I am. I'm late because I'm not on TikTok, but I ask you to let me enjoy this conversation anyway, indulge in this conversation anyway, because my God, is it a good one? Last week, I discussed what I think is going to be in, in 2024. If you haven't listened to that, go give it a listen. This week, I'm going to be discussing what I think is going to be out in 2024. What's done? What's finished? We're leaving it in the past. This list is filled with a combination of things that I want to be out in 2024, things that I'm manifesting will go out, and things that I genuinely predict will go out. So it's sort of a combination. Now that we're on the same page, let's begin. This episode of Anything Goes is presented by Azo Vaginal Health Products. Azo offers an entire line of products designed to help balance your vaginal pH and protect your vaginal health. Save 20% with promo code PODCAST on azoproducts.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. When you want someone compatible, start the search on Bumble. It has the features you need to find exactly what you're looking for. Like a six foot Aquarius who likes rock climbing and also wants kids. Or a runner with a penchant for poetry who loves dogs and wants a serious connection. We know, you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Download Bumble today.
1: This episode is supported by H&R Block. Working moms have way too many to-dos. Switch to H&R Block and have an expert do your taxes for you. Block guarantees 100% accuracy and your max refund or your money back. And with their no-surprise guarantee, you'll always know the price of your tax prep before you begin. You can even meet with a tax pro in a Block office or online from home. So take a breath, moms. This tax season is better with Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Description of benefits and details at hrblock.com slash guarantees.
0: Number one, having too many appointments, having an expensive, time-consuming, inefficient self-care routine. Now hear me out. I myself have quite a few appointments constantly on my schedule for self-care. Or is it self-care? Self improvement? I don't know about that. I don't know what the word is, but getting your hair done, getting your nails done, getting your eyebrows done, getting your eyelashes done, getting your lips done, getting your hair waxed, getting your hair lasered. You get what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. I think that having a bunch of appointments constantly on the calendar for these types of things is going to be out. I think what's going to be in is scaling down the routine a bit. I'll use myself as an example, I used to get way more treatments, okay? I used to self-tan. I'd get spray tans. I used to get my eyebrows done. I used to have a really complicated hair situation. Like I always had to be getting my hair done. I was always getting it colored or bleached or something like that. I used to get waxed. I used to do waxing for a little bit. I used to get facials. I used to constantly be at an appointment because I was always getting something done. Now, I don't even think I took it too far, to be honest. I feel like when it comes to people who have a lot of appointments, I was on the less extreme end of things. And even still, I felt like I was always going to some sort of appointment. Over the years, I've shed a lot of appointments. And now I've scaled it down to what really, really matters to me so that I can spend more time doing other things. For example, I dyed my hair back to its natural color. So now my hair maintenance routine, I go in every few months, get a little trim, even out the color, call it a day. and I'm good for months. Having my nails done is very important to me. So I always have my nails done. I'm currently getting laser hair removal so that I never have to shave again. But I only have to go in and do that every six weeks. And then every once in a while, when my skin is feeling shitty, I'll go in and get a facial. Other than that, I'm good. I shed all of the treatments that were not serving me. Like getting my eyebrows done, that's not important to me. That might be important to you and that's totally fine, but it's not important to me. So I shed it. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna let my natural eyebrows do their thing. I don't need to have that appointment on my calendar every month. You know what I'm saying? I just don't need that. I don't need to be getting facials every week. That being said, I was doing that more when I had acne and I don't really have as much acne anymore because I went on Accutane, but you get the idea. I don't need to do that anymore. So that's removed from the consistent schedule. There are so many treatments these days that you can get that alter your appearance that are impactful, you know, getting your lips done, getting your eyelashes done, getting lymphatic massage. I actually do enjoy lymphatic massage and I do get those sometimes, but... Like there are so many different types of treatments in appointments. And I think in 2024, it's going to be out to have too many appointments. And I think a lot of people are going to start scaling down their routines in that way and just doing what's important to them. Jumping off of that, number two, spray tans. I think spray tans are out for so many reasons. Number one, they don't look that good. Like they only look good for like three days. That's it. And then they start to look patchy and gross and weird. I've been getting spray tans for years because when I was a cheerleader many years ago, we would all get spray tans because we were wearing these tiny uniforms and we all wanted to look like we had big muscles. It was like, it was like bodybuilding. It was like bodybuilding. It's honestly toxic, but whatever. When you're tan, your muscles look more defined. And when you're wearing a tiny uniform and you're half naked, it's tempting to want to look more buff. So it was totally a trend in the cheerleading world. I always had a spray tan for cheer competitions because I wanted to look buff. So I've been doing it for years and I haven't done it in a while now because I just don't think it looks good. I just don't think it looks good. And a lot of times, you know, it can make you look a bit orange. It's like rare to get the shade quite right. It so rarely looks natural. It can look natural, but it's so rare. It will always end up patchy at some point. I don't know. I just don't think it's worth it. I don't think it's worth it. Is it better than going in a tanning bed? Absolutely. Although going in a tanning bed looks better. Sorry, it does. But it's not good for you. It's very unhealthy. Spray tans are harmless, but they just don't look as good. I think it's going to be in to just accept what you have. And you know, during the summer, get a little sun-kissed. Fuck it. But during the winter... I just think it's out. I think it's out. I think spray tans are out. I don't know. There are not a lot of redeeming qualities about it when I think about it. It's so much work to go and get a spray tan just for it to look splotchy and orange in like 72 hours. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's out. Number three, posting everything on social media. I think 2024 is the year of less is more on social media. I feel like instead of posting every move, It's going to be less frequent posts with a more impactful update. And this goes for public figures as well as people who are just sharing on social media with their friends and family. I think the whole concept of sharing everything is so hard to do healthily that I think a lot of people are going to stop doing it just naturally and they're going to start living a little bit more in the moment. Okay, that's great and they're going to check into social media less frequently to give a little update. I this, this is what I think. I know for me, this is appealing. And I haven't been the type of person who shares every single little move that I make on social media in a long time. I think when I was younger, I did that a lot more. Now I value living in the moment in a whole new way. And I don't even think to post every move on social media. I would have to force myself to do that if I were to want to do that. It's an unnatural behavior for me. So I don't know. I just think it's out. I think a lot of people are trying to spend less time on social media and make their time on social media more impactful, like when they are on there, you know, looking at things that make them feel good, posting less frequent updates. You know, I think most people are heading that direction, or at least they're trying to. And so I think constantly spamming social media is going to be out. I think it's going to be out. Not across the board. There are always going to be people who are sharing every single little detail of their day. But I think on a broader scale, it's out. It's out. But that's not to say that social media itself is out. Of course it's not. It's so ingrained in us that it's it's not ever going to be out, I don't think. I think it's now a permanent part of human life. But I think the way that we use social media is going to change. It's going to be less involved. I feel like when it was new, everyone was so obsessed, so addicted, so in it. And I feel like now as a collective, we're all like, hold on. We need to live in the real world a little bit more. And I think that that's fucking awesome. Also, I think this means being less emotional when posting things on social media. There has always been a certain type of person that goes on social media when they're upset and posts about it. And I've never felt like that's a good idea. I always think it's better to wait to post about something emotional until you've settled down a bit. It's the same thing with getting into an argument with somebody. Like You don't want to get into an argument when you're too fired up. You want to wait until you're a bit more level-headed so that you can be more rational in conversation. It's just a better way to carry yourself. It leads to a more successful conversation And I think the same goes for social media. I think people are going to hopefully think a bit more before they post. Overall, I love the idea of posting everything on social media being out. Number four, staying at the party, even when it sucks, just to see if it gets good. Fuck that. I'm done doing that. And I feel like we're all done doing that. You know, when you go to a party and... The energy is just off. There's a bunch of little groups standing in the corner. Maybe the lights are on a little bit too bright. The flow is not there. You know, a good party has the perfect balance, right? There's a good amount of people there. Everybody's mingling with each other. The ambiance is correct. The lights are down low, but not too low. The music is loud, but not too loud. The energy is just right. And you never know when you're going to find that energy at a party, or even at a bar or at a club. It just depends. It's like the universe just decides, which is why I hate throwing parties myself because there's so much pressure to accomplish that perfect vibe. And if you don't accomplish it, it's kind of embarrassing. Like it's kind of vulnerable to be the host of a party because if it doesn't have a good vibe, then people are like, oh, that person doesn't throw good parties. Oh, I hate that. That's why I don't do it. I only do small gatherings, but I'm done staying at the party to see if it gets good. Sometimes on a Saturday night, I go out and I'm like, fuck, let's fucking hate it. You know what I mean? And I'll end up at a place, maybe it's a bar, maybe it's a party and the vibe sucks. But because it's Saturday and because I want to celebrate, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stick it through. I'm going to stick it through. Guess what I end up doing? Wasting my whole evening because it never gets better. And I could have went to bed at a reasonable hour, but instead I wasted my whole evening waiting to see if it would get better. I will admit, sometimes the party does get better, but I would say in my experience, that happens less frequently than the party just never getting good. You're better off going home or finding another spot to hang out. Some of my favorite evening memories consist of my friends and I going to a party, hating it, and then going to a diner and talking shit instead. That's the best. Stop waiting around to see if it gets good. That's out. Five, constantly being available and responding to every text. No, an expectation has been created to constantly be available, constantly respond to everything. And a lot of us feel bad that we're not like that all the time. You know, we feel bad if we can't respond to everything we feel this pressure to always be available. And I think that's out. 2024, I think we're all gonna collectively agree that it's not that deep if we don't respond to a text for a few days. It's not that deep if we don't respond to a text at all. Sometimes we just don't have it in us to be communicating at all times. I think the expectation is going to lower in 2024. And I hope that in 2024, we collectively take that pressure off of ourselves to always be available. But in addition to that, We also take the pressure off of others to always be available. It's kind of ridiculous if you think about it. It's a really big ask of ourselves and of others to always be available and to always want to respond. We're not built to communicate in that way. We're built to communicate in a much less intense or frequent way. I feel like we're built to communicate with people who are around us in a a given moment. And then when we're alone, to be fully alone. But that's sort of gone now because we can just text each other, email each other, call each other, blah, 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 at all times. And it makes it so that you never get to fully be alone and recharge in a way. And so I think things are going to change. Maybe, maybe, maybe things are going to change. Going off of that, number six, showing virtual face on FaceTime or on Zoom. 2024, we can turn off the Zoom camera. We don't need to show our face in every meeting. We're calling instead of FaceTiming. It's so exhausting to always be on camera. I already started turning my Zoom camera off nine out of 10 meetings that I'm in. And I always apologize for it. I say, sorry, I don't really want to be on camera today. Well, no, I don't say it like that. That's so weird. Sorry, you guys. I don't really want to be on camera today. I just feel like, no, it's not that. It's like, hey, you guys, I'm off camera today. Excuse me. Hope you don't mind. No, I don't say that either. Ew, why am I saying it so weird? I always bring it up and I'm like, don't take it personal. I just don't like being on camera, basically. On top of that, I've been calling people instead of FaceTiming them because there's something fatiguing and exhausting about having a conversation virtually and your face being visible. It's not that it's just visible to them. It's also visible to you. Like when you're on Zoom or you're on FaceTime, you can see yourself in the corner of the screen and there's something exhausting about that. I don't like to think about what I look like when I'm having a conversation. I feel like it distracts me from communicating properly and I know I'm not the only one. So I think showing face virtually, it's out. Number seven, feeling guilty when it's unnecessary. Listen, it's fair to feel guilty if you really did something wrong. If you really did something wrong and you really wronged somebody, I don't think there's anything wrong with feeling a bit guilty about it for a period of time. Some would argue it's crucial to learn your lesson. You know, you have to feel that shame, that guilt in order to learn your lesson and to eventually come to a place where you forgive yourself and you're hungry to do better. I do think guilt is sort of a crucial part of that journey, but there are so many instances where we feel guilty and we shouldn't, like cutting a friend out of our lives who doesn't make us feel good, doesn't click with our life. We don't need to feel bad about that. Accidentally waking up. Too late some days. We don't need to feel bad about that. We're human. We make mistakes. Being lazy sometimes. We don't need to feel guilty about that. Falling out of our exercise routine. We're human. We don't need to feel guilty about that. I feel like with these sorts of instances, it makes more sense to feel inspired instead of feeling guilty. Like, for example, you fall out of your workout routine, you're not doing it anymore but you know it makes you feel good and you really want to get back into it, but you know it takes discipline and you're trying to find that discipline from within, but it's hard to find. Instead of feeling guilty and bad about falling out of the routine, instead be like, you know what? I'm inspired to get back into it. I'm really going to make it a priority to get back into it. Or if you spent a week being really lazy, you just had a lazy week. Instead of feeling guilty and like you're a piece of shit, let it inspire you to get back into it. Changing your mindset in that way is so much more effective. And I don't know. I just think feeling guilty when it's unnecessary is out. It's out. Number eight, adopting a pet, even though it's a bad idea. Okay, we've all seen dogs, puppies up for adoption and been like, I need it. We've all found ourselves going through a rough time and thought, you know what would fix this? Adopting an animal companion. It's not a coincidence that I adopted both of my cats directly after breakups. Okay. It's not a coincidence. And I don't regret that for the record, but I probably shouldn't have done it when I did. Like I probably should have waited a little bit longer and thought about it a bit more. It's totally fine. Again, no regrets, but still, it can be so tempting to adopt a pet, even though it's not a good idea for you. Like even for me, I travel so much that. I honestly shouldn't have pets. For my job, I travel all the, all the time. Every time I travel, I have to have somebody watch my cats. Now, it's totally fine. I have multiple options available for that, but that's not an ideal situation. I probably shouldn't have done that, right? I figured out a routine that works, and that's great, but not everybody wants to pay for a babysitter for their pet when they leave town. Not everyone can, but we forget that when we're in a haze And we want to adopt a pet so bad, we can't think of anything else. You know, you meet a really cute little kitten at an adoption center. You meet a cute little puppy at an adoption center. You are going through a breakup. I get it. You can go into a trance and be like, oh, I need a little furry friend though. No, you don't. This is a decision that requires so much thought. You need to analyze your entire life. Is this a good idea? How often do you travel? Do you work from home? Do you have the time to give this animal the love and care it deserves? I would say 9 out of 10 people shouldn't have a pet. (laughs) Like, I shouldn't have a pet. My pets are totally taken care of, and they are so loved and so happy, but I shouldn't have a pet. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, my lifestyle does not align with having a pet. 2024, we're not impulsively adopting pets. It's done. It's out. It's over. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. When you want someone compatible, start the search on Bumble. It has the features you need to find exactly what you're looking for. Like a six-foot Aquarius who likes rock climbing and also wants kids. Or a runner with a penchant for poetry who loves dogs and wants a serious connection. We know you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Download Bumble today. This episode is brought to you by Dove. I'm messy. I'm a messy girl. And when you're as messy as I am, you need a deodorant that doesn't mess around. Enter Dove Vitamin Care Plus deodorant. Its lightweight formula is superpowered with vitamin B3 to reinforce your skin's natural odor defenses while providing new levels of skincare for your underarms, keeping you feeling fresh, whatever your day throws at you. Dove Vitamin Care Plus deodorant. Learn more at Dove.com. Number nine, food delivery. Hear me out. I think food delivery on a special occasion is phenomenal. Night in with friends, ordering dinner, fuck yeah. A really long day at work, no groceries in the fridge, food delivery, fuck yeah. Occasional food delivery is incredible. It's great. It's a novelty. It's exciting. What I think is out is constantly ordering food delivery. Getting food delivered once a day or more. That is out. I'm not sure if this is something that people do more in big cities or if this is something that people do everywhere because I will say food delivery is much less available in smaller cities, smaller towns. In big cities, it's So incredibly available. It's so fast. There are so many options. So, I don't know if this is more of a niche one, but I know a lot of people that order food delivery on a daily basis. And understandably so. I've gone through phases like that because it's so convenient. It's so easy to get into a routine of it. And especially when you live alone, it's like, I don't want to go get groceries for just myself. I'm just going to order food, you know? But here's why I think it's going to be out. Number one, it is definitely not cost effective. It's very expensive. It's an expensive habit. Not only is restaurant food more expensive, but also there are delivery fees. There's all these different taxes, like, oh, delivery tax. Like, I don't know. There's all these things happening. It, the, the price is always higher than you think it's going to be. You're burning money almost, you know, if you're, if you're doing it all the time. You're, it's, it's like burning money. That's number one. Number two, Doing it all the time destroys the novelty that is food delivery. I think food delivery should be a novelty. It should be this exciting, romantic, fun thing. But if you do it all the time, then it's not that anymore and you take it for granted. I'm not doing a lot of food delivery right now. I've been really cooking for myself. Now, I'm not cooking myself anything extravagant, okay? I'm making the same things every week. It's boring. But I enjoy making these simple meals. I like getting my hands dirty. It's therapeutic in a lot of ways. Not only that, but it's much more cost-effective, okay? My grocery bill compared to like my Postmates bill, oh my God. I think abusing food delivery is out. Special occasions only. Get back into cooking again and you don't need to cook yourself anything super extravagant. Just do what your ancestors were doing and cook again. Number 10, ordering everything online. Don't get me wrong we're never going to stop ordering things online. Never. But now that COVID's over and everything's open again, and it's been a few years, I think shopping in person is going to come back. And I think ordering everything online is going to be out. Here's why. In a lot of ways, it's less convenient to order everything online. It's so nice to go into a store and enjoy your time there and to get all the stuff that you need, but also... Maybe pick up some other stuff that you didn't know you needed. Discover new stuff. If you're shopping for clothes, you can try things on. You don't have to deal with the pesky returns. I don't know. For a long time, it was all about online shopping. And online shopping will never fully be out, but I think it's going to go out a little bit. I think ordering everything online is out. I think it's going to become ordering just some stuff online and getting back into the stores. Maybe I'm wrong. If we were to look at the data, the data is not showing that. Okay, I'm going against all the data. But I could see people craving the experience of going to a store again and the convenience in some ways of going to the store again, especially I think for clothing shopping. Number 11, irresponsible tattoo. (laughs) Picture this. It's a night out. You and all your friends are a little buzzed. You walk past a tattoo shop. Somebody says, wait, we should all get a matching tattoo. Fuck it. You go in and get something hideous. Two years later, you're not even friends with those people anymore. This shit's out, okay? This shit is out. Irresponsible tattoos are out. Getting a matching tattoo with your significant other, don't do that. That's out. That is out. It's cursed and it's out. Don't do that. Getting a super trendy tattoo that's really of the now, that's not even that personal to you, it's just trendy, that's out. Don't do that. What's in is to take tattoos seriously. What's out is to just go out on a whim and and get a tattoo. That has to be out soon. I feel like a lot of us don't take tattoos that seriously, but it is crazy how permanent they are. They're very permanent. You can't get them lasered off, sure, but who wants to do that? It's a huge decision to get a tattoo. You want to make sure you go to a great artist who has good technique and has a lot of experience. You want to make sure you're in the right frame of mind and that you've fully thought about what you're going to get, and you love the idea, and you know that it's timeless, and it'll never get old to you. It's the only way to get tattoos, I think. I have quite a few, actually. I have like 12 or 15, and they're all on the insides of my arms, and every single one is meaningful to me. I do have one irresponsible tattoo. Do I regret getting it? No, because... I just don't think regret is a necessary emotion. But I do have one. If I were to be faced with the choice of getting it now, would I get it? No, absolutely not. But in the moment, I wanted to do it. And you're young and you're like, oh, we're going to get a matching tattoo like with someone. Terrible idea. Don't ever do that. Literally don't ever do that. Sorry. I don't regret it, but I wouldn't do it again. And if I could go back, I wouldn't do that. And moving forward, I won't do that again. I think irresponsible tattoos are out. Number 12, tampons. I'm so sick and tired of tampons. Like I I need them sometimes, you know, if I'm going to a red carpet event and I'm wearing this gown and I won't be able to address the situation for hours on end. It's pretty handy to have a big tampon that will soak it all up, holding it down in there. Don't get me wrong, I rely on tampons. But I have a very vivid fear of toxic shock. If you don't know what that is, I will tell you. It is a rare, life-threatening complication of certain bacterial infections. And you can get it from wearing a tampon. According to my.clevelandclinic.org, There isn't a set time for when symptoms of toxic shock syndrome start after using a tampon. However, tampons should be removed from your vagina after eight hours to lower your risk of toxic shock syndrome. This doesn't mean that you will get toxic shock syndrome if a tampon is left in your vagina for longer than eight hours. It means studies have shown that prolonged use of a tampon promotes the production of harmful bacteria. It's so scary. Now, I don't want to fear monger here because I I don't think that it's it's not very common, right? And I think if you're using tampons responsibly and you're taking them out responsibly, you know, you're not leaving them in for too long. I think, you know, you're most likely going to be fine. And if you start to get a fever while you're wearing a tampon, then you take it out immediately and go to the hospital. It's like, you know, we're going to be fine. But I have a lot of paranoia around them because it scares me. And also a lot of them have fragrances in them. Like a lot of tampons have fragrances in them and other like harmful chemicals and stuff. And you can buy ones that don't, but they're less available. So like if you randomly ask someone for a tampon, they're probably going to give you one that isn't like all natural and shit. And that's not good for your vagina. I'm just over tampons. They stress me out so much and they're very uncomfortable. And I think that tampons are out. I think, call me crazy for this, but if your period's not too heavy, maybe it's wearing a pad. Sorry. I love wearing a pad. I've been wearing pads more recently. And it's like, kind of amazing. I can't do it when my period's super heavy, but when it's a bit lighter, I'm wearing a pad. I also wear period underwear that soak up the blood. It kind of has like a built-in pad. Love those. I've been pondering getting one of those menstrual cups. It's like a reusable cup that collects all the blood and you can reuse it forever. Probably not forever, but for a while. I just think tampons are out. They're so convenient, but they might be out. Number 13, extreme PDA. I'm talking about grabbing each other's asses in public, making out when it's kind of inappropriate. It's like the lights are a little too bright in here for you guys to be making out. You know, being super overwhelmingly affectionate with your significant other in front of other people during conversation, like it's distracting, it's inappropriate, it's weird. I love PDA. Like when I'm in a relationship, I actually enjoy it. Okay. I like a little grab on the leg under the table at a restaurant with friends, with bae. I love that. I love even a casual arm around me. I like a little kiss on the cheek in public. I love that. I think that's great. I love a little holding hands when waiting in line at a coffee shop. I love that. But I think overwhelming PDA kind of needs to go out. Like, a few weeks ago I was at a party and let me paint the scene for you, okay? Well-lit room, like very well lit. Like everyone could see everyone. Everybody's sitting around super casually, right? Like just, you know, sitting on the couch casually. There's a lot of space for everyone to just hang out comfortably and spread out. And this one couple, and I don't want to shit on them because I bet they're really happy and I don't want to shit on their their happiness, but at the same time I'm about to do it. So sorry. They're like sitting on each other's lap, kind of like making out a little bit, like not fully, but like kind of. And it was just a little inappropriate to me. I was like, this is not the right time for that. You're going to go home and you're going to like have sex, like just wait or like sit next to each other and hold hands, but like sitting on each other and like kind of making out in front of everyone in a well-lit room. I just think it's a little weird. And I think it makes people uncomfortable. And I don't, I just don't think it's the vibe in 2024. I just don't. I think we're leaving that in the past. But see, part of me is actually hesitant to say this because I actually kind of love watching a super affectionate couple, even if it makes me kind of cringe. I kind of love it. Like if I'm in line at a coffee shop or I'm in line at the grocery store and there's a couple in front of me, and they grab each other's ass or something or, you know, put their hand on each other's butt or something and like they're kind of squeezing a little bit. It's so cringe. It's like, please don't do that. Like, why are you doing that? That's really like, don't wait, just wait. But then I'm also like, can't take my eyes off it. I'm like, I'm I, I, so intriguing. I, I can't stop watching. Or if I see like a couple making out in the middle of a party in front of everyone, part of me is a little uncomfortable. And part of me is like, come on, you guys, like save it you know, save it or like go in a corner, you know, but then part of me is like, I can't take my eyes off. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little bit too rigid about it. Maybe I'm being close-minded about it. Maybe there's something I need to work on myself. Maybe I'm being too judgmental. Maybe I'm inflicting my own beliefs on other people, but I don't know. Extreme PDA. I don't know. I think it's out. Speaking of that, number 14, hookup culture. I think it's out. I think it's out. It was in for the last few years, you know, being on the dating apps simply to hook up with people, going out, just wanting to hook up with people, a societal fear of commitment, like everyone collectively being afraid of commitment. I feel like that's out, actually. I feel like this year people are going to be looking for someone serious. I think hookup culture has its benefits. I get it, you know, the idea that you can be single, but yet You can still enjoy sex. Like, I get it. I totally get it. But I think a lot of people do want a partner in crime deep down. And not everyone. Okay, not everyone. I think there's always going to be people who prefer just hooking up. That's great. That's fine. I'm not judging. But I do think that in mass, people are going to be looking for more serious relationships. You know, they're going to be using the dating apps and putting in their little description I'm looking for something serious. Like I see that happening and I see intense hookup culture sort of dying out a little bit. I think it might be out. I don't know. I actually saw some people say that in their ins and outs list. And I, I'd been thinking that too. You know, I think it might be out. I mean, for me, it's always sort of been out. I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. I've tried to enjoy like a random hookup. I really have tried. It's just not me. I'm such a relationship girl. And so maybe I'm biased, right? Maybe I'm biased. But I don't think so. I actually think it's happening in our culture. Maybe not, though. Maybe not. We'll see. Number 15, playing hard to get. Stop. I'm so done with that. I'm so done with that. Games, playing games in relationships are out in 2024. It's time to say to the person you like, I like you. It's time to shower people with love and affection. It's time to respond to your crush the second that they text you, not wait four hours to make them think you're busy all the time. That's out. I'm so done with that. If you feel like you have to do that, chances are the person that you're talking to is not good for you. I've learned that recently. If you feel like you need to manipulate them into being excited about you by being a challenge, I genuinely don't think they're good for you. Now, have I played that game a lot in my life? Absolutely. I've never been great at it, but I've definitely tried it. I've definitely toyed around with it. And I've personally made the decision that I'm done, okay? But I think that, again, as a collective, we're all sick of it. We're all sick of the games. It's so fun to really like someone and them really like you and to just lean into it full throttle, just to gush for each other and to be present for each other and to be vulnerable and put it all out on the table. I think finding somebody that you're able to do that with is rare, but it's worth the hunt because I think that those are the relationships that are gonna last longer. If you feel comfortable and safe to do that, then you found somebody who likes you just as much as you like them because a lot of times we end up playing games because either one we don't feel like the other person likes us as much as we like them and so we're playing hard to get in a way to match their level of effort or to make them more obsessed with us or we play hard to get because we personally are insecure and we're like oh my god i don't feel like i can fully show how much i care blah 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 because I don't feel like I'm worthy of love and appreciation and reciprocation of that. So I think games are gonna be out because I think it's time to find that confidence within ourselves to do it, but then also to not entertain people who don't match our level of excitement, to find somebody who you don't wanna play games with because you don't have to. It's just naturally loving and exciting and warm and open and vulnerable. Number 16, waiting in long lines. I recently saw on the news that there was a Target-Starbucks-Stanley Cup collab. It's this bright pink cup. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just look up Target-Starbucks-Stanley Cup and you'll see what I'm talking about. There were people waiting outside of Target for eight hours to get this cup, okay? It was ridiculous. And everyone was in a line. It was intense. It was... Unbelievable. Now, I actually appreciate people being excited about things. I think that that's great, okay? So I don't want to shit on people being excited. I more want to shit on waiting in line. Like, waiting in line for that just to potentially not even get the cup, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's a good use of your time. I But I also understand the novelty of it. So I'm sort of on the fence with this. But I think, in general, waiting in line, I just think it's out. Like, Another good example of this would be, let's say there are two really great coffee shops in your town, and one of them always has a really long line and the other one doesn't, but both of them are really good. The only difference is the ambiance in one of them is better than the other. Maybe the other one's more trendy. Maybe the one with the long line is like the hot spot. whereas the other one is maybe a little bit less Instagrammable, a little bit less aesthetically pleasing. It's maybe a little bit more homey, Maybe the crowd that goes to that coffee shop is a little bit different than the type of crowd that you tend to surround yourself with. I think it's in to go to the underrated coffee shop and not have to wait in the line. Like another good example, okay? On New Year's, I was in New York City and there are all these parties with long lines and all these bars with long lines because those were the hot spots to go. You know what my friends and I did? We went to this horrible, horrible, dive bar. No one was there. There was no line. You know, every time we wanted to get a drink, it was like, okay, just walk up to the bar. You don't even have to wait. And we ended up having more fun. We ended up having more fun. It was so tempting to go to the popular spot and to wait in that line. But you know what? I'm so glad we didn't because we would have gotten in there and we would have ended up getting disappointed. That's the other thing about a long line. If you're waiting in a long line for something, it's because you have an expectation and you're so much more likely to be disappointed. If you aren't waiting in a long line, you have no expectation. You're like, this is easy. So I'm just going to be happy with what I get. I don't know. I think long lines are out. Number 17, quantity over quality. Buying one really nice shirt instead of five shitty ones. Getting one really nice bottle of wine instead of ordering 10 shitty cocktails over the course of the night. 10 cocktails is a lot. Okay, don't do that. Let's say this, okay. Getting one nice bottle of wine instead of ordering five tequila shots over the course of the night. You know, quality over quantity. One good friend instead of five mediocre ones. One good romantic interest instead of 10 mediocre ones. That's the mindset for 2024. A lot of us by default feel like more is better, you know, with shopping, for example, buying clothes. It's like, I'd rather have five different shirts than one shirt because now I can make more outfits. Yeah, but one really good shirt can be styled a bazillion different ways and it's enjoyable to wear, it's comfortable, and it lasts forever. Five shitty shirts, you get sick of them. They start falling apart they're not as comfortable because they're not made beautifully, you know? 10 mediocre romantic interests will leave you feeling more lonely and more sad than one really promising romantic interest. You know what I'm saying? One really nice bottle of wine is a novelty. God, that's my word of the day. W-O-T-D, word of the day, novelty. I love that word today. I always do this. I always get a word that I like can't stop using. I have a few words right now that I can't stop using. Novelty, apparently. Indulgent, can't stop saying it. Such a good word. Oh, wow, such a good word. Indulgent, novelty, and that might be it right now. The word prior to those two was phenomenal. I couldn't stop saying phenomenal. It was really heavily in the rotation. Kind of glad to see it go though to be honest, because it was sort of not pretentious, but it was just, (laughs) it was kind of pretentious, but I was always saying it tongue in cheek, but I, I don't know if it always landed that way. So I'm glad to see phenomenal go like being like, wow, this food is phenomenal. Like, it's just like, Emma, shut the fuck up. Like, it's not funny. No one's laughing and it's just cringe, but I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. Quantity over quality is out. Number 18, spinach artichoke dip. I'm so sorry. Can we not order that for the table? Can that just be taken off of every menu? I I know a lot of you are going to be mad at me. A lot of you are going to say, Emma, spinach artichoke dip is delicious. Why don't you give it more of a chance? No, it's gross. If there was no spinach and no artichoke in it and it was just like a cheesy sort of dip, great, I would eat it. I don't need the spinach in it. I don't need the artichoke in it. It's like slimy and gross. I don't like it. Every time I see it on a menu, I'm like, why? Why? I find it to be disgusting, and I think it's out. I think it's going to be exiting the popular restaurant's menus soon. I think it's just going to be out soon, and I'm fucking stoked to see it go. I'm so stoked to see it go. If that gets ordered for the table, I'm not going to have a bite of it. Same with tartare. Like, I mean, I'm a vegetarian, so I wouldn't eat it anyway, but even if I wasn't, I would be so grossed out by it. Steak tartare, tuna tartare, mashed up raw meat, ew. Okay, sorry. Again, I don't want to yuck someone's yum. And I don't think tartar is going out anytime soon. But, ew. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Who doesn't wish they had a little bit more time? But the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how do we even use it? I feel like if I had an extra hour every day, I would spend it. Well, I'd like to say I'd spend it meditating, deep breathing, self-reflecting but I would probably be using it on my phone. And I know that that's cliche, but it's true. It's good to sit down and think about what's important and make it a priority. And therapy can help you figure that out. A therapist can work with you to define your values and understand your priorities so you know what things you can spend your time on that will really fulfill you. Otherwise, you'll always be wishing for more time. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp offers convenient, affordable online therapy that comes to you. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn how to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com anything today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com anything. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more.
1: This episode is supported by H&R Block. Working moms have way too many to-dos. Switch to H&R Block and have an expert do your taxes for you. Block guarantees 100% accuracy and your max refund or your money back. And with their no-surprise guarantee, you'll always know the price of your tax prep before you begin. You can even meet with a tax pro in a Block office or online from home. So take a breath, moms. This tax season is better with Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Description of benefits and details at hrblock.com slash guarantees.
0: Number 19, movies with old stories. Let me explain. I feel like all the movies that I've been seeing coming out recently are old stories. Okay, for example, Celebrity Biopics, Marilyn Monroe movie. Elvis movie, etc, etc. I appreciate it. But it's also like, what about something new? What about something fresh? You know, they're remaking a lot of the Disney movies. It's like, what about a new story? That would be so fun. Maybe it's because it doesn't perform as well. But I don't know, like new stories. Like they've made so many Exorcist movies. It's like the same story over and over. I don't know. Like, I feel like in Hollywood, they just keep doing remakes. Or retelling old stories. And it just feels redundant. And I don't know, it's not exciting. Like, I love a new story. And that's not to say that new stories aren't being made in film all the time, because I think they are. But I feel like what gets the most press, what gets the most attention, retold stories, old stories. You know, it doesn't feel very fresh. I don't know, maybe I'm like being too harsh. Maybe this is a really terrible opinion. But I'd love to see new stories. And I'd love to see those new stories blow up and go full mainstream. I don't know. I just find it to be not very exciting. But again, that's just me. And no disrespect to the directors making them, no disrespect to the actors who are in them. Like, I get why it's happening. Number one, because it's reliable, right? If you make a new movie about something that's already succeeded, chances are it's going to succeed again. So it's a safe option. There's no risk there. And obviously, these big companies are putting a lot of money into these movies. They want them to do well. It's a safe bet to just retell an old story that already did well before. On top of that, for writers of movies, it's hard, really hard to write a good story. It's really hard. It takes a lot of time when you're just writing from scratch, right? And I think it's a lot easier to start with this plentiful base of either an old story story slightly redone or, you know, maybe you're making a sequel. So it's like a sequel to a movie that already exists. There's so much to pull from, or it's a biopic where it's like, okay, this is about a public figure. There's a lot of information here. Like it's just retelling a story that already exists. Do you know what I mean? I get it. It's easier. And I think nowadays it's all about speed. Like, oh, you know, if you're in the film industry, it's like, you need to be putting out as many films as possible. It takes so much time to write a new story that it's not as cost-effective for writers to focus on coming up with a new story. It makes more sense to have a head start and to redo an old story. But I just think it's so sad because I think new stories are so much more exciting. Like, I'm not inspired to watch a remake or a sequel or a biopic even. Biopics, I think, can be interesting if they're told in a new way or they're showing a new perspective, But I think biopics next to all the remakes, next to all the sequels. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. Number 20, being late. Can we all just leave 15 minutes earlier than we think we need to? Can we all trick ourselves and write on our schedule for the day? Leave at this time, which is 15 minutes earlier than you think you need to leave. Like, let's say you need to leave at 9.30 to be there right on time. Put on your calendar to leave at 9.15 for fuck's sake. I am so sick of being late. I hate being late for things. It doesn't happen a lot, but it stresses me out so bad. You know, it it makes me anxious and it's not worth it. I'm done being late and I think we should all be done being late. I think being late is out. I think planning ahead so that you're not stressed out and you can be a little early is in. 21, becoming invested in stupid celebrity drama. We all, almost, okay, not all of us, but almost all of us love stupid celebrity drama. Like there was so much drama at the Golden Globes Awards. There's always drama with, you know, celebrities getting divorced. There's always drama with uh, celebrities having a falling out, like if they're friends before. And it's so, so intriguing and it's so interesting and it's so hard to look away. But we are wasting so much time on this, like keeping up with the drama, because it's kind of time consuming. If you want to know what's going on, you have to be involved. You have to be checking in on it on a day-to-day basis. And that's not hard to do because your algorithm is probably feeding you all the info. But I've wasted so much time paying attention to celebrity drama, celebrity divorce, celebrity falling out, celebrity... In rehab, like shit that is none of my business. Number one, it's none of my business. And then number two, it's not benefiting me in any way. It's useless information. And so I think I'm done. I think I'm done paying attention to it. And I think all of us should. And I think all of us are kind of getting sick of it too, being like, why does this matter? This doesn't matter. This is not benefiting anyone at all. This isn't making me smarter. This isn't making me happier. It's junk information. I think becoming invested in it is, is out. Now this next one I'm on the fence about, okay? And I need to elaborate because there's a lot of, there's a lot of nuance here. So please allow me to indulge in this, okay? And really get into it. Number 22, Coachella. Hear me out. I do think that it's starting to lose its cultural significance, you know? For so long, it was like, such a big deal what everyone was wearing to Coachella. It was the hot destination to go. It was like almost a national holiday. Everybody was looking. How's everyone's Coachella performances? How's everyone's Coachella outfits? Everyone's eyes were on Coachella. That's already started to fade. But I think in 2024, it's going to reach a new level of being out of the zeitgeist, but not in a bad way. And that's where the nuance of it all comes in, okay? Okay. Coachella will always be successful. It's always going to be one of the main music festivals, if not the main music festival in the United States, okay? That's not going to change. But I think its cultural significance is going to be one fiftieth of what it was in 2014 to 2018. I think the world is not going to be looking at it. And I actually think that that's good because I think that that's going to make the festival more enjoyable. People are really going to be going for the music, for the experience. It's going to be less about what everyone's wearing and more about just enjoying being there. And I think that that is going to be actually great. It's going to be less about the optics of it all and more about just being there and enjoying it. And I think that's going to be more enjoyable for the attendees and more enjoyable for the people who used to watch through the screen because... I know before I went to Coachella, I had such bad FOMO about it for some reason. Like I always had horrific FOMO about it. I wanted to be there so bad. And what a relief it is to remove a FOMO event from society. The last thing we need to feel is FOMO. Because it's not actually a rational feeling most of the time. It's not really that fun. You know, it's not actually that great. It's not as great as it looks on Instagram. So I actually think this is a positive thing for Coachella and for society for us to just stop putting it on this pedestal, you know, and to make it just what it is, a fun music festival for people to go to. I don't know if I'm going to go this year. I've been really trying to decide. Coachella is like a part of my being for some reason. And it kind of goes against my personality. I don't feel like I scream Coachella girl, but for some reason, I have looked forward to it so deeply ever since I was a teenager. um, And I started going like I've always loved it, but I was like, oh, maybe this year I'll take a year off, you know? I don't know. Probably not. I'll probably end up there. I always do. But we'll see. I'm definitely not going to put any effort into my outfits if I do go. Like, it's no effort. It is no effort this year if I do go. It's a white tank top. It's jeans. You know what I mean? That's it. Okay. 23. Checking bags at the airport. mm I have been using exclusively a carry-on. For almost a year now, if not over a year, actually. And it has changed my life. I will travel for weeks and weeks and only live out of a carry on. And all you need to do to do that is just to pack a bunch of versatile pieces that all match each other and do laundry while you're traveling. You might need to head to the laundromat. Some hotels have laundry service. You might need to use that, but it's so worth it. It is so worth it. It makes traveling so quick, so easy. You never have to worry about losing your luggage. It elevates the experience in a way that I can't even begin to express, okay? Listen, a one-off trip where you're like going to the Bahamas for three weeks, okay, yeah, maybe check a bag, maybe, but it's like you don't need to. And it's so nice to travel light. It makes the whole day so much easier. I think checking bags is out. Number 26, working from bed. I love working in bed and I work from home. So I can do almost all my work in bed. A lot of my work is me doing things on my computer. It's me editing a YouTube video. It's me doing emails. It's me doing Zoom calls. It's me writing podcast outlines. It's me doing research about things. It's me writing down a bunch of different ideas, like conceptualizing things. A lot of it can happen in bed. And not everyone has that sort of situation, so this might not apply to everyone, but I think too much time in bed is so bad. And so I'm hopeful that 2024 is all about working at a desk, not spending too much time in bed. And last but not least, it's so out to compare yourself to people that you see on social media. I'm done doing it. I think we should all be done doing it. We know better now. We all know better now. We know that it's not an accurate depiction of reality. We all know that. And I think that we're all becoming vividly aware of it enough to soon just stop doing it altogether, almost. Not altogether, it's not possible. But I think it's out in 2024. I, I do, because I think we all know better. We're all too good for that shit. We're all too smart. We need to stop. In the beginning, it was hard because we, like, we took everything at face value and we didn't know any better. Nowadays, come on, we know better. We know about Facetune. We know about how everything is just the highlight reel. We know that. So it's time to set that free and to stop doing that. And if we want to be competitive with other people, if we want to, you know, sort of compare ourselves to others in a way that's, you know, whatever, at least do it in person. Even then we shouldn't, but still, I don't think it's terrible to compare in a way that's constructive. You know, I think the way that we grow and improve ourselves is by comparing ourselves to other people and seeing what they do versus what we do and becoming better as a result, you know? But on social media, it's almost never useful because it's always, it's not realistic. We're comparing ourselves to something, you know, unrealistic. And so if we're going to do that, I think it's best to do that in person. I think online comparing, fuck it. It's over. It's over. Sorry. It's over. We're done with it. It's out. (sighs) And that's it. Those are my 2024 ins and outs. Please, Let me know what you think. The Instagram for Anything Goes is at Anything Goes, and you can let me know what you think there. And that's all I have. That's all I have for today. I really appreciate you all hanging out and spending time with me today means the absolute world to me. And we always have fun. So I just love you for that. And I, I love us for that. New episodes of Anything Goes every Thursday and Sunday. Stream anywhere. You listen to podcasts. Watch video exclusively on Spotify. My Instagram is at Emma Chamberlain. You can go follow me there if you want to keep up with me. My coffee company is called Chamberlain Coffee. We have delicious coffee, canned lattes, matcha, all the beverage, hot chocolate, chai, all the fun beverages that you love ordering at a cafe. You can make them at home with Chamberlain Coffee. I feel like I'm doing an infomercial. So go to chamberlaincoffee.com, order online, or see if we're in a store near you using the store locator. and. That's all she wrote, people. That's all she wrote. Again, I love and appreciate all of you very deeply. And I will talk to you very soon. Okay, bye.